0: Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table.
1: He's John Branion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years.
0: She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life.
1: Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family.
0: So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. <laughs> hey, what's up, Carl? Thanks right. for joining not us working. today. What's not working? My, f- my microphone's working. As long as people can hear me, that's oh, all that matters. there we go. Now
1: it's working. It's working. It, is. it was working before. I right? couldn't hear it in my oh. headphones. Okay, well, here
0: we are. Uh, and gosh, we have a full table uh the podcast ninja luke hello
2: is here and Tavi grace is here hi i'm out of retirement <laughs> i didn't know that you had retired oh yeah i haven't been on the podcast and in... oh, it's really weird to be able to hear myself on the headphones by the way mm-hmm. i've been on the podcast in a while because remember i gave it up i don't no. remember how i phrased it i was <laughs> I like remember. i'll never podcast again
0: <laughs> i don't remember that was it because of some <laughs> trauma that you suffered on the not particularly
2: i just i just decided that everybody hates me and nobody needs <laughs> to hear what i'm saying and so, so i was like i'm done. tabby stuff oh yeah just normal okay. stuff
0: yeah just deciding that nobody likes her <laughs>
2: just deciding that i'm stupid why why
0: doesn't anybody like you Well, because i'm so unlike <laughs>
2: just no i think the official thing was i don't want a recording to listen back to and cringe <laughs> later <laughs> so
0: we're not gonna listen to this
1: so this is the first clear thing that Dad has heard today, because he's wearing headphones now.
0: Well, <laughs> I yeah, hearing, my, my hearing, hearing AIDS. aids conked out. They didn't get charged last night, so oh, anyway, no. but that does thats not important.
1: Now he can hear. <laughs> I mean, it's now a
2: little can, important.
0: Now I can hear. I and there was, uh, there was a couple of things that I wanted to talk about, and I'm just going to throw them out here at the beginning, or uh, one thing I'm going to throw out at the beginning, and then. Mandy is gonna dominate the conversation and we're gonna go, go. I have to teach Tabby something. I have to
1: do my big sister duty and inform her <laughs> about the world. And then Tabby
0: has to teach us
1: something. Her famous recipe.
2: Oh My famous recipe? I what haven't heard this
1: either. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, oh, oh yes, yeah, I know what yeah, you're yeah,
0: talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. We could we should probably start with that. I feel
2: like this is a pop quiz. No, nobody start with nobody prepared right. me.
0: Remember the, the cookbook that you made in kindergarten?
2: Yes. You know what's <laughs> hilarious? I just brought this up on Monday. That's so weird.
0: And what was your recipe? Oh,
2: I, you know what? I do remember. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what it's called because my brother made Oh, my sister. So my untitled. sister made it up. It so it was untitled. untitled. So
0: the premise is, Carl, that her kindergarten teacher would ask the kids about their favorite meal their favorite food mm-hmm. and then the children would describe how it was made and yeah. then the teacher would literally take word for word what they said and put it into a, a recipe, recipe book. book and it became a, a book that
2: yeah
0: and we still have it we still have yes. that recipe book
2: it's so cute i didn't understand it obviously as a kid right and so even even an older kid like around you know nine or ten i would read it and be like i don't understand this and right. it wasn't until i became a parent myself which is why i was talking about it uh-huh. and i was like this is the best thing <laughs> it's such a great well, we so have brilliant. actually two of them you have we have multiple.
1: That, yeah we
0: have one that having made and we had one that tim made
1: i i did one too but and mine Andrew got lost one. to the to the archive somewhere and i remember doing the assignment because we all had the same kindergarten teacher Mm -hmm. and it stressed me out because I was like, I was embarrassed.
0: I can't remember how to make
1: somebody is going to try to make this cake and then I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to ruin it for them.
0: Tavis was go ahead. Tell, tell Carl what your recipe
1: was. Well, first
2: I was also embarrassed too, because even though we came from a family that we're used to being laughed at, at one point she was giggling and I remember standing there. I can even picture what her desk looks like. And huh? like my cheeks got all red and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and she was like, Oh honey, it's fine. It's okay. Like, yeah. because I felt like Mandy did I was like, it's I'm like, doing a horrible oh, job I'm of explaining. Well, and it's <laughs> well,
0: going to be a disaster. The truth yeah.
1: is, when mine was done, mom actually told me, I remember you two, mom and dad talking about it when we brought the recipe books home and they were laughing at other kids kids but they got to mine and they were like you know it's almost too good (laughs) it It kind of works yeah Yeah. that's when I was like oh I kind of understood the point was not to be exactly perfect because I told them how to make a cake and it was more or less more or less correct yeah Yeah. I
2: had things in the proper order like I remember hearing other kids (laughs) and reading it back later when I was an adult and some kids would do the whole first you do this and then do this oh wait I forgot to tell you when you do the first part and mine wasn't Right. Like right. that, it's I did sequence. have. You had
0: the order yeah. correct. I did have a sequence. What was funny but was my that recipe every, is dumb. Every one of the recipes ended with "then you eat it." Then you <laughs>
2: eat it, <laughs> right? Because she would just look at you, and you're like, "Well, of... then you eat it."
0: <laughs> that was every one of the recipes ended with instructions <laughs> for eating the thing that you just made.
2: So mine was, and it's untitled, and we still don't have a title for it. No. Okay. and I don't know what it's called because my sister made it up. Hmm. I might have even said brother. It might have been Tim. Because you actually had some cooking ability. <laughs>
1: Tim. I don't really want to take responsibility for it, but go on. Tim, I'm go pretty go sure on. it was
2: Tim. And you take a cheese stick and you open it and you put it on a paper plate with a paper towel so it didn't stick to the plate. Mm-hmm. And you put it in the microwave for 30 seconds and then you eat it. No, no, no. no? You roll then it you, oh, you rolled roll it in a it it ball. Into I'm sorry. You roll Listen, into a ball. I haven't been in kindergarten in a very long time. Okay. <laughs> Roll uh, it into a ball. I forgot about a, that. And that that then you balls. eat it. That is it how you ge-
1: make cheese
0: balls. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: I didn't even call it that because nope. it wasn't called She's a cheese. Not ball. sure what to
0: call it, but this is what you do: you <laughs> heat a up a cheese stick in the microwave and roll it into a ball, <laughs> and then, and you, then you, eat you eat it. Which is
2: right. probably just the thing I had had last because Mandy <laughs> used to make me cheese melties, and I knew how to make those. Like. Uh, a lot of kids chose, like, peanut butter and jelly and spaghetti. It probably was just the thing we had, like, the night before Tim had made it.
1: Right. Well, you knew you had actually done it yourself that step by step. You hadn't actually made yourself you know, a Mm -mm. grilled cheese. And so.
0: But that recipe, that's going to go down in family history. And someday your grandchildren are going to go, hey, let's make Grandma Tabby's cheese balls. (laughs)
2: No, they'll say, did she grow up in the Depression? Right.
1: (laughs) Which I'm pretty sure, I cannot confirm because I wasn't in the car with them yesterday, but they drove to a show and back. And I'm pretty sure the context for this whole thing, correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. was me talking about what we had to eat. Once, with the ham yes, and the peanut that butter? that was how it started.
0: Because mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Luke and I pulled over and got one of America's uh, food <laughs> treasures that is largely ignored by the majority of the population, and that is cheeseburgers from a gas, from station.
2: A gas station. Oh, yeah, because you're playing you a little dicey.
0: foil, and they are... Come on, Luke, tell me. They're foil-wrapped in a plexiglass thing with heat in it, and you have no idea how long they've been there. No? Doesn't matter. That's not what he's asking. <laughs> Say I'm what asking, you said. how okay.
1: was it? All right. Say what uh, you said about the chicken one. Go I had grabbed the spicy chicken with cheese, uh-huh. and it was delicious. Mm. There you go. Yeah. But he was—he texted me from the car and was like, "Your dad loves cheeseburgers from gas stations. Did you know this?" And I was like, I don't understand the big deal. Do you know what we were subjected to We had cheese growing balls, up. microwave cheese balls. And I was like, at one time, my mom wanted Tim and I to have more protein. And she took ha- deli ham slices and put peanut butter in the middle of it and Roll rolled them up. It. Was
2: it good?
1: I remember eating multiple.
0: Peanut butter ham logs. <laughs>
2: Most of the time, the one that gets me, and I don't even understand why this is so weird for people, because it kind of makes sense, was peanut butter and a slice of cheese. Yeah. And when you say that, yeah. everybody's like, ah. uh, and I'm like, Wait, have you ever delicious. had a cheese cracker? Right. Like, yeah. Like with the Same peanut idea. butter on the inside. And they're like, oh. Yeah. It's Sounds actually cool.
0: better because you can weird. actually t- taste Some the cheese. Some people
1: swear by peanut butter sandwiches with a bowl of chili. Like they love oh, the that peanut, makes peanut sense. butter sandwiches in their chili, like yeah. cover it with chili. And I'm like,
2: okay.
0: butter. I, I like those, but peanut butter cheese sandwiches were a staple when I was growing up. We ate those all the time. In so, the Depression. You know who, else, <laughs> you know who <laughs> else loved <laughs> peanut butter sandwiches?
1: Jim Elliott.
2: <laughs> oh, no. No, no, I'm not ready for that because I have to explain why I was talking about the recipes on Monday. <laughs> that was a nice oh, try. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm
0: trying. We're never going to get around to Don't what Tammy wants to talk about.
2: Don't worry. So uh, the reason I was just talking about the recipes is because I um, I help out in the preschool class for our homeschool co-op. And so, two of my kids are in it, and then basically the rest of my family is in it, and right. that's about <laughs> nieces and nephews, <laughs> nieces right. and nephews, and then like four other kids that aren't ours. It's but a
0: family. Affair. It's mostly a
2: family thing. Uh, but the a regular teacher, she brings in all the stuff for first hour, and I just help. And so she brought in like a Mother's Day craft, and it was very sweet and very cute. And at one point, she had one of those fill-in-the-blank questionnaires for your preschoolers. Mm-hmm. Well, it works a little bit better with older kids, but I was still really excited. I was like, yes, questionnaires. And so I'm sitting down with each kid, and it's very simple. What's your mommy's name? And it's funny because they say mommy or mom or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, it goes down the line. My mom is very blank. My favorite thing to do with my mom is blank.
1: She always says. She
2: always says this always thing. You know, blank. One of those things. So it's very sweet. And at some point, I get around the table, and there's this one boy who's hilarious and i wanted to write down everything he said verbatim <laughs> but they didn't give me enough space yeah. and i was mad i was like this is such a missed opportunity this is the perfect age cuz they're about 4 5 yeah. to do that sort of activity no
0: inhibitions he yeah. just completely
2: Oh, gosh. I could tell from the first one. I was like, okay, my mom's name is what? And I said, what's your mom's name? And he goes, well, I call her mom or mommy sometimes, but, like, her real name is Leah. Leah. And then, like, says her whole name. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Says, like, her whole name and goes on. And I said, oh, man. This is going to be great. We got a
0: live one here. And so by the time I
2: got down to the bottom, it was like, my mom makes the best blank. He was like, um, I think dinner... But one time at Dollar (laughs) Tree, I wanted to put mac and cheese in the cart and she made me put it back. And then when we got home, we made mac and cheese that we already had and like on and on and on. And so a lot of my answers had like dot, dot, dot dot dot, after them. And so I went to his mom afterwards and said, I would love to take. I would love to take this boy, and I want to write down. I wanted to make a recipe book, and I was telling her about it. And I said, when I was about this age, they wrote down everything we said verbatim. I said his would be so Perfect. funny, yep. so funny, yep. and yeah, should be should be our next <laughs> yeah, activity. We talked Step about one, that.
0: Go to the Dollar Tree. Yeah. Yes. Step two:
2: get the, the <laughs> macaroni and cheese. I talk <laughs>
0: about that on the stage almost every show now. That the importance of teaching your children how to be laughed at teaching your children that that when grown-ups laugh at you, it's not because they're angry with you or because you've done something wrong. It's oftentimes it's because you said something funny and it's not a thing you need to be embarrassed about because not everybody grows up in an environment where they're used to being laughed at.
2: So. Well, um, Margo's answer. So Margo is Aunt Megan's daughter, who's also in preschool. And right now Aunt Megan is pregnant. With her fourth baby. I think we're allowed to say that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, so I was asking Margo these questions because we were trying not to get our own kids responses because we thought that might change it. And so I was asking Margo and I got to the point where it was like, my mom is very blank. And most of the kids needed some help here anyways because it's mm-hmm. vague. So I would say like, silly. She's fun. She's they don't have a
0: lot of adjectives at that age right
2: so i'm trying to offer her some and margo went the longest and kind of just stared at me like she couldn't pick one (laughs) so i'm like getting sillier and sillier and i'm like she's very pregnant and megan looks up and looks over at me and i start giggling so of course That was the one that Margo picked. So Margo's mom is very pregnant. Because everybody laughed. Because everybody laughed. And I went, there. She didn't didn't cry. She thought, oh, that's the the one. The
0: maximum amount of pregnant that you can be.
1: Because we laughed. And that leads us to the conversation that I had with Silas about soccer practice as well. (laughs) Since she wanted to bring that up. I thought it'd be cute if you if I put the camera in front of us and asked him about his first soccer practice because he hadn't gone yet and he was looking forward to it and I wanted to know what he was picturing that had him so excited. (laughs) And so I was like, all right, Silas, it's your first soccer practice tonight. You know, what do you think? How do you think it's going to go? What do you think you're going to do? And he goes, no, I said, it's your first soccer practice this evening. He goes, yep. Okay. Wait, I want to ask you a question. Wait. Today is your first soccer practice. Okay. You've never been to a soccer practice before. What if I win it? (laughs) (laughs) It's not a game, so you're not going to be competing. There's no winners and losers at practice. How do you think it's going to go?
0: I probably will win it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's not a game.
2: I'll probably win it <laughs> What do
1: you think happens at soccer? What do you think you'll do? I'll win. What what we win? Uh I win practice. How do you do that? I win practice if if you beat the game. But if you don't know how to play then how are you gonna win? <laughs> what what are you gonna do there? What are you gonna do there? The first thing you get there, what do you think the first thing will happen? Beat everybody.
0: Beat everybody.
1: Beat everybody. Beat everybody. Beat everybody. So that's a kid who was not not only not dissuaded from ew. me laughing at him, but I was like, as soon
2: as I did laugh the first time, I was like, oh, <laughs> he's darn like, it.
0: He will not stop saying
2: I'm not going to get a straight answer out of him now. When I said that. Like, yep. Right. Well, she showed me the video, and the moment she giggled, I went, "Oh, that's all he's going to say now." <laughs> that
1: is it. He's got his punchline. He's going to stick with it. What, what was funny about it? I was telling
0: Luke yesterday on the way home. That it was like Mandy's Mandy's expression was was what made it for me because she was genuinely asking him a question. As soon as he said, "What if I win?" she was like, she took a, a moment and then she went, "Oh, you're not going to win." Yeah. 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 Yep. So Can't great. beat
1: everybody at practice. Right. They're on your team. This is not a competition yet. It will be. But
0: Well, see, that's the thing. In our family, the kids like they want to make grown-ups laugh. And right. so they'll do silly things. Emmy will do the most insane <laughs> crazy things yep. to get everybody to laugh at her. Yes. And so
1: She always has. She's been making faces since before she could talk. She'd make silly faces. She learned to cross her eyes and all kinds of stuff when she was so, so pretty with her bright blue eyes. And she would like look at her nose and then
2: she'd laugh. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: my kids get more and more goofy in their birth order. Like Marcy's funny, but she knows that there's rules and there's a little bit of pressure to stay in those rules like she's not as wild about it like sh- she was the one that did the whole Simon says put up your thumb Simon says put up your pinky Simon says put it to your ear bring bring yeah. <laughs> and then like she stuck with that for a long time because she knew it worked versus you've joke. got like Simon and Warren who are a little bit more just well we'll try it yeah. whatever makes them laugh just do it louder yes yeah, more louder expression and fall more down confidence yeah. you know what it does work though the, the longer you go and the more confident you are, the more I do giggle. Yep. yep. It works. All right. All right. Luke, so
0: I know you want to talk about Elizabeth Elliot. Well, so I need Luke to segue about, for me. Okay. we oh. not going to talk. Well, I wanted to talk, I at least wanted to mention uh, imprecatory prayers, but we don't have oh. time to cover that, do we?
1: Imprecatory Psalms.
0: Imprecatory Psalms, imprecatory prayers. Yeah, no.
1: First, we have to convince people that the Bible is something that you should be reading at all and... Before we do that, we have to convince them that God is somebody they should be worshiping. And before we do that, we have to convince them to stop worshiping themselves. So, okay, you know it's All a long right. list. Well, we are going to
0: talk about this at a future podcast, yeah. but I and know it that needs a whole episode. For that. I know that Tabby needs to be educated about <laughs> okay. the Elliots. I asked Tabby when
1: she before we turned on the recorder. I said, Speaking Tabby, I'm laughing
0: at people that we love.
1: <laughs> Tabby, what do you know about Jim and Elizabeth Elliot? <laughs> uh-huh. And she said. Who? Who? I- Who? And then she goes, "Are they old?" Are they I old said, people? "I said,
2: are they like old people?" And in my head, that made perfect sense because I was equating them to like Thomas Edison, right. Marie right. Curie,
0: Madame Curie.
2: Madame Curie. Because if
0: they're because uh, if they're old people, I don't want to talk about. I
2: them. I meant like. Old and like a, a scientific community or something or like are they a history figure? Right, they, so she has no historical idea historical figure. Thank she you. She has
0: no idea who Jim and, and Elizabeth Elliot are.
1: Okay, but I think you do. You I, just That don't sounds know.
2: familiar, which is why I said old person. You were like, obviously. are they
1: scientists? And, yes. And so you know, you you are kind of in the ballpark, I think, because they were missionaries. Yes. And, and so they were a team. Like, I <laughs> yes. but did they go yes. to Africa? Uh, no, Central America, or Central uh, America. South America. Ecuador. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is that in Central or South America?
2: Ecuador is in Central.
1: Okay, I was right the first time. Um, so yeah, to Ecuador. But you've heard the story. You just don't know that that's, this is who they are. Yes. So Jim and Elizabeth Elliot got married specifically to go into ministry. So okay. they met at Wheaton College. They were both Christians already. They both knew that they wanted to be dedicated to God, but like they're... Premarital marital conversations centered around how do we make sure that we are glorifying God and how do we make sure that this is not just our will but but his will too and things like that And and Jim knew he wanted to be a missionary from the beginning and so he told Elizabeth originally that he wasn't going to get married and they decided not to correspond they weren't gonna they weren't gonna even entertain the possibility of a relationship but eventually he started thinking that maybe having a wife in the mission field would be good or could be god's will and so, so you're not lonely well because two are better than one like the bible talks about how a cord of three strands is not easily broken and things like that and so that was the that was the logical progression of it it was not oh we just can't live without each other we're completely swept up in this passionate love affair it was okay let's think about this <laughs> like they would like they would sit and talk you know strategize about what would be the best thing for the kingdom they ultimately got married, and I can't remember, but it seems like it was like the next day after they officially said their vows, they flew to Ecuador. It seems like that's right. In the, the <laughs> you're looking at me week. like
2: I'm going to be like, oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I don't. Looking know. at you
1: like you're going to uh, be surprised by that. So far, you're not as scandalized as you're supposed to be. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <gasps> no honeymoon.
2: <laughs> they went straight to Ecuador. That sounds like a great honeymoon. <laughs> no, no people. Like, okay, go on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. right so far i'm like wow that sounds like an ex i'm the weird one here i'm like that sounds so wholesome and sweet they're yes. like getting ready to be to, to
0: do to start their ministry the day after they get married well i
2: mean even just the circumstances of how they decided to get married i i've often been somebody who does not think it's unromantic to talk logically like that to say right. this is what i want you yeah.
0: think romance is logical
2: I think romance is a choice, and I actually said that to Joe when we were dating. I said, I think a lot of people think this idea of the one is very sweet. I don't. I said, I actually think it's much more romantic to say, it doesn't have to be you, but I want it to be. (laughs) Like I can, I'll be happy with anybody, but I'm choosing I am to be happy you, with yeah, you. Out of I all have, of these people, it's you instead of oh, I can't help myself. It's like oh, me, you that, picked me.
0: That is something that came from
2: your father. I know it did. And well, I have anyways, bad news. Yes, no, this is not how they lived
1: happily ever after. They probably were killed well, by. Have, what I was going to say is the bad Ecuador. news is that your. Relationship with Joe has been toxic since the start. Oh dang!
2: <laughs> I knew it. I could have told you that. I actually could have told you that. <laughs>
1: so that's that's strike one. Joseph but yes, Farkas. ultimately, what happened was <laughs> they went and they lived with the Alka tribe to start with, and that was fine because the Alkas were friendly. But they they knew they heard of a neighboring tribe that was close by that was very violent, mm-hmm. um, and. Their friends, the Alcas were like, don't go over there. And Jim don't was go like, over there. Well, Those
0: people are bad. And
1: Jim was like, well, they need Christ too. They need God's love.
2: And so they spent.
0: Selfishly, I might add. He decided that he was <laughs> he going was a to very
2: toxic put gym. his yeah.
0: ministry ahead of.
2: He's, yeah, he didn't even have respect for their culture and what they were. No, 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 no.
1: Not that his wife. He didn't have respect didn't for his have wife at home. For his... Because oh. she was not thought of when he recklessly went off to do.
2: Yeah, I'm sale. sure she was shocked i yeah. sure she didn't see that coming at all.
1: Yeah, she had no idea who she married. Yep. Um. But but so ultimately, they made contact with this other tribe, and um they thought things were going well. They they managed to land a plane on the beach.
2: Yeah, okay, this does sound familiar. I thought it had to do yeah. with the They made a
1: movie about it. They made a movie called, what, the, what? At, at the End of the, the Spear? Tip something of the, like the Spear. The tip of the Spear, something like that. I didn't see the movie. Something about yet. a spear, because spears were involved. All five missionary mm-hmm. men were killed. Were killed. Um, but Elizabeth and then Nate Saint's sister, Nate Saint was the pilot, um, and his sister, mm-hmm. whose name escapes me, um, went back with uh, Elizabeth and Jim's daughter Valerie. And um, great name. And, and then converted, converted the tribe, the tribe. To And so One of her books is something like the
0: or as we would say it, uh, colonized them.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I wonder wiped if worked, out their
0: culture. I wonder if and it worked replaced better. Replaced it hostily with. Christianity,
2: because they were women. I wonder if sending five men is a very aggressive thing to do, and mm-hmm. two women showing up, kind like of. Well, I you can read, read the book. About had it. to do
1: with he whipped out a picture, and they thought it was like evil magic that they captured people within this photo. They didn't understand it, and they killed him for it. But that might have just been a wives' tale that I heard. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I don't. I don't remember all the specifics. I do know that they actually sent gifts to them. They dropped them from the plane, and then they seemed to be receiving them. Somebody, the women from the tribe, a couple of them came out of the jungle to the beach where they had landed their plane and took gifts back to the rest of the tribe. So they're like, oh, this is going great. And then it was just like a couple days after that that they stopped hearing radio contact from them, and they were
0: killed. So We are really making progress
1: uh, here. but, But one of Elizabeth Elliott's books is called The Savage My Kinsman. Because she talks about what it was like to convert them and and like become well acquainted with, them, like became a, built a church with them. Elizabeth
0: and Elliot wrote a lot of stuff.
1: A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And that's why it's it's insulting to me when somebody writes about Elizabeth Elliot now that she's dead.
0: Well, see, we haven't given any context for that,
1: right? I'm just saying. To
0: Carl or to Tabby at this point.
1: It's insulting to me. I
2: feel like it's unfolding right in front of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when somebody... She is literally on the edge I of seat. I am on the edge of my seat. Somebody writes an article titled, On Elizabeth Elliot's Terrible Courtship. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what's more insulting this is that is why
0: i wish we did video <laughs> podcasts when tabby's home. i can't help facial it. expressions just make it.
2: i was not meant for radio
0: <laughs> i can't i am wasted on radio
2: i am you have to you have to be able to see everything across my face it's amazing that i can act because i can't keep stuff from appearing on my face disgust disgust mostly so tell, yeah. tell her
0: about the toxic relationship of elizabeth and Jim okay, Elliot.
2: that's such a dumb thing to focus on. Of somebody's entire life, they lived a whole life, and you're like, "Hey, remember that small part of it where they courted their husband?" It's like that's well, that's what Elizabeth you want to talk Elizabeth about. Elliot well, died, she wrote about it all. Elizabeth
1: right. Elliot died at a ripe old age. I think she was in her 80s, maybe even her 90s. That's my point. And she just died in 2015. Dang. Yeah, <laughs> that's she 28 just died eight years ago now. It's it's, it's right. Sorry, it was I got a while married. ago, but it was not. Not even 10 years ago yet. And so, mm-hmm. like, recent history, because you were asking if they're historical figures. And the answer is no. She was on the speaking circuit and had been interviewed on podcasts and stuff like that because she's that, you know, young, if you Right. If you she, was,
2: she was probably in her 20s and, what, the 40s and 50s? She Yeah, they got married in the 50s. Okay, yeah.
1: So, um, so yeah, she was not like George Washington. She was not Thomas Edison. She was she was aware of the internet, you know, and things like oh, that's weird. <laughs> um, and she wrote all of these books like very. She was a very prolific speaker and author. And the fact that now that she's gone and she can't speak for herself anymore and she can't set the record straight, you've got Sheila Gregor from Bare Marriage writing an article called Elizabeth's Terrible Courtship. By just the way,
0: no, the no names are being changed to protect people anymore on this podcast. I <laughs> no. just did we ever to... do that? Yes. Yeah, so. we did. No, no, no I, not really. I, though I referred to her as Shasta McGuire the first time we mentioned her,
2: <laughs> but that was not on purpose. <laughs> it no. no, it was. It
1: was <laughs>
0: It was you just
2: t- couldn't remember her name.
0: No, I could. I knew. He her was
2: name. trying
1: to cover it up, and I didn't I really was... even let him do it. I was, I was <laughs> quoting was... her book
2: by title,
0: right? So I kept well, but calling she's not... her Shasta Maguire and she kept mentioning specific <laughs> things about the book.
2: And... I was like, "We're not playing this." Well, game. she if she's publishing a book, right? That's a little bit of a a public figure kind oh, of yeah, square totally, face right totally. it's not like you found her and oh, she no. was talking to you at the library and you're like guess what this woman said right, no she's right. not
1: just a little bit of a public figure she's literally made her career calling out mainly men but traditional speakers and authors if they're if they're in favor of traditional understandings of christianity and she the has Bible, a bigger platform
0: change. than me she has more influence than me she's got, got a quarter a million people on way.
1: social media that are following yeah. her and she wrote this blog post but
2: why what is she she's so scandalized because what there was no flowers involved and there was no I hallmark kiss it. in the rain no it's even worse oh. no i can't i would like to be happy today <laughs> <laughs>
1: I well, then read, you shouldn't have come
2: here. I know. I need to learn my lesson. Here's the quote. Well, here's I'm a quote.
1: happy. Purity and Passion. That's the I'm book. i happy. Elizabeth Elliott wrote Purity and Passion about her courtship with Jim, and that's what's being discussed here. And okay. so Sheila Greger says When I read Purity and Passion this time around, because she reread it, she read it first when she was 16. She says she hated it because it just said that kissing is sinful and it made her feel guilty. I don't think anywhere in that book it said anything about kissing being sinful, but. That was what she took away when she was 16, she says. Um, And then she said, when I read it this time, I wasn't horrified about the advice that was given to me. I was horrified for how Elizabeth Elliot had been treated and how she allowed herself to be treated.
2: Yeah, and a very loving marriage for (laughs) decades. (laughs) How dare she? she? Not codependent
1: relationship where they both love Jesus and... More than they love and anything And agreed
0: else to together. serve right. in ministry together.
1: Um, but she says, for the life of me, I don't know how Elizabeth and Jim's story became something to emulate. It was toxic from the beginning. <laughs> Much like your relationship with Joe. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I feel exactly the same. You know, compare my easy, cushy life at home building bunk beds to... Right. Fighting off <laughs> Ecuadorian tribes. No, they are.
0: It's it's three level bunk beds, Carl. So That's there's true. not just two levels. Yeah. The, the farces are struggling with three layer bunk beds. Uh, so here's what she here's somehow. how she
1: describes the courtship. You'll like this. Elizabeth noticed Jim around Wheaton College where they both attended, but naturally she didn't seek him out because she's the woman, and she had to wait for him to notice her. He finally does, and at the end of one school year, they have a long talk during which he announces that he loves her and that if he were to marry, it would be her, but he doesn't think he's going to marry. He's going to become a missionary, and so they decide it's best to not correspond. Uh-huh. So here's this young woman who's been in love with this guy forever, and he finally tells her he loves her back, and then he basically ghosts her. A few months later, they start—Tabby <laughs> is shaking her head vigorously—a <laughs> few months later, they start corresponding, and over the next little while, they see each other very sporadically. Their letters are filled with things like, quote, how can we make sure we don't love each other more than God, and about how they have to put any possibility of a relationship on the, quote, altar, alluding to when Abraham sacrificed Isaac. They would obsess over any physical contact they had shared and wondered if that was too much, like this quote from Elizabeth Elliot. The physical contact Jim referred to was my taking his arm when we walked, or our sitting with shoulders tightly pressed together. And on one occasion, as we sat on a park bench, his suddenly stretching out on his back with his head in my lap, my fingers were entwined with his hair. Uh huh. That's what she wrote. That's the only quote from Elizabeth Elliot that. She and wrote can this.
0: you? I mean, do you do you see the toxicity of wondering if mm. God is pleased with their behavior? Do you see how damaging that can be to a soul?
2: Right. Mm. To, to
0: contemplate. Mm. What God thinks of our relationship well, and our behavior? Well,
2: some people some people would say that they are thinking about it too hard. That's what she's advocating for. She's saying that the fact that they're obsessing over it with air quotes, because, again, this is radio... Uh, and and wondering about it, that's actually super unhealthy. That's where the toxicity comes from. You are spending way too much time in guilt and shame well, and wondering. That's what, what I'm saying.
0: Wondering about whether what you're doing is is appropriate God. is yeah. is toxic. Right. That's,
2: well, but
1: this she goes a little bit further, too. This is the part that she actually pulled out on Facebook when she shared the article with the rest of her followers. And yet, while they were separated his senior year of Bible college, word got back to Elizabeth through several sources that Jim had been kissing and dating several girls her response direct quote again what more could i expect jim elliott was a man men are sinners that was the simple truth he was my ideal but i had to come to terms with the truth he had disappointed me hadn't i disappointed him many times
2: <laughs> i'm actually surprised that they don't agree with that when she says men are sinners i'm surprised they're not like yeah they are
0: well, but, woman but she didn't leave it at that she said i've also disappointed him right and so
1: Right and that's the part that Sheila has a problem that's with. So this far. is Sheila again. I read that and I went whoa! That's all caps so I said it. That <laughs> Why? Whoa!
2: Why? I'm still not I'm still not How- properly oh, here scandalized here. I'm just Sammy, well, I don't understand because what does you know she think? You know why?
0: Because you've been in a toxic
2: relationship <laughs> yourself for so long. Well, does she you're think desensitized. That, does she think that just because you, even if you use the word love, right? Like you love a person. Does she think that that means you cannot physically carry on? No, no. While the other person She's is
1: upset because Elizabeth mentioned that she has also disappointed him. Because she goes, whoa, Uh how exactly had Elizabeth disappointed him? Occasionally, she had ventured to write in her letters that she was having trouble because their relationship was so uncertain, and she wished she had something more to hold on to. But she knew that it was in God's hands, and she just needed to trust. That was about it. And him? After not kissing her and making a big deal about that, after refusing to give her any sign that he would actually marry her while continuing to toy with her, he goes and kisses several other girls.
2: Toy. That's
1: big. And she glosses right over it and forgives him.
2: Well, one, you don't know. She didn't write how she disappointed him. How dare she? Doesn't mean she didn't. Right. (laughs) Mean she just didn't write about it. Like how many conversations were happening between those two? Where she might have said something disappointing, or right. alluded to the you fact that you think Jim
0: wasn't. and Elizabeth Elliot said things that Elizabeth didn't write in her books? I know. You think I there know. are words that were not recorded, and in possibly
2: the books? actions. You there think might so? have been some actions that she didn't write about either. Right. I don't know. I mean, they were courting a long time. but they said, like freshman year to senior year. Here's
1: the here's the part that makes me smile. I smile <laughs> thinking about the fact that. Most of the women, most of the feminists who are so pro- you know, treating your wife better or getting, you know, getting, giving her the romance and the affection she deserves. They were precisely the types of girls that Jim was kissing behind her, behind Elizabeth's back. They were the same ones. They were not the ones he married. They, not were, the vapid. they <laughs> were vapid and attractive, and he just liked the way they looked, and he felt bad about it. Like he knew it was wrong for him to just go after them for their, for their you know, shallowness. He knew Elizabeth was the only one he could actually have a decent theological conversation with. And so he married her, but the women that he was kissing are so much like this, like shell of a woman that the feminists are trying to make all of us.
2: Well, it takes faith like to, because I remember being that weirdo in high school where I was like, it's not the way that I want to go. I, I, I want the picket fence. I want like a buttload of children. I want to homeschool them. I want this and this and this and this and this all laid out. And Joe was the one guy at 16 that was like, I can work with that. We can make that happen. You you want to have all of those things. I'm cool with that. And I was like, awesome. And there's times where you're like, well, everybody else seems like they're doing it somehow better. Like they seem happy, right? Like, and you have to kind of walk by this faith that no, your way will be the better way. It'll be the way that prevails. Uh, And then, yeah, like a few years later, I was given that evidence where I watched so many of my friends be on boyfriend number 17, Mm. 18, 20. Some of them still kind of floundering, not really knowing if they're going to be married or they'll they'll say things like, I've never felt about him this way before. And I'm like, do you have short term memory loss? (laughs) (laughs) There was 20 of them that you said the exact same thing that you never felt this way before. and.
0: Well, and that will eventually see, that's sweep. the sort of dialogue, though. Those are the sort of things that men say. Those are the, the yeah, they're, they're I wasn't super to. popular. <laughs> well, but, uh, that's, that's my point. That's why I bring it up because when you say stuff like that, you sound like a big brother or a father. And and it's, it has a very condescending and sarcastic tone to it, and so you get dis, you get dismissed. The reason that men get dismissed is because right. we talk like that all the time.
2: Well, but but the other weird thing, and again, more of a faith thing that I could see the pattern in hindsight, some of the girls that I thought were the most upset with me for talking that way were the friends that I held on to the longest like the girls that we were we were fine you know we could get along we could play soccer together we didn't have a very strong relationship not that it was bad it just it ended once the contact ended you know but some of the other friends that i was like what are you talking about you're acting like an idiot those would be the friends that i would they kept coming back (laughs) right right well
1: the girls who have 17 different boyfriends you know per year those are the ones who are accepting advice like this that they should see red flags in the Jim Elliot's of the world. They're rejecting the, the guys, guys, the good guys, because they're being told that that's what toxicity looks like. And that is why we have to call this out. That is why Sheila Greger's ministry, which not coincidentally has been built entirely on calling people out for all the quote harm they're doing. She is causing harm. And my ministry
0: is standing at her ankles, (laughs) shaking my tiny fist. She
1: is causing harm to young ladies who genuinely don't know that romance is overrated, that that what they're being sold in Hollywood is a sham, and that a guy, a man who actually does genuinely love Christ, who genuinely wants to do what's right, you cannot get any better than that. You cannot find somebody better than that. And if you're asking, this is what dad said this week, that was a really good point. If you're asking him to, quote, love you more than he loves Christ, you're actually asking him to be an idolater. And that's why he's the kind of guy that you can't trust. That's why he's the kind of guy who runs off and kisses other girls and doesn't feel bad about it and right, doesn't, doesn't repent, come back and talk and, and say I'm sorry and right, doesn't eventually marry you and take you off to the mission field where the two of you can work together on a thing, a goal that's bigger than just your feelings or his feelings. It's well, God-centered. The comment,
0: the comment that she made was the husbands who the the men who are sold out to Jesus in air quotes or scare quotes. Men who are sold out to Jesus don't make good husbands and they're actually the most selfish and and i I forget exactly but it was something like that
2: does the does she actually give you a blueprint for what she thinks a good man is though because i find that these kind of articles are really good at tearing down what's in front of them and then they're like so there you go don't look for this guy and it's like okay well then who do you suggest and they're like well we don't know but not not this guy yeah well that's not helpful
0: my response in the article was that that is you know, if a guy is actually sold out to Jesus, that's the only person that that's the only person that you should consider making into a husband. Right. Because that is a guy <laughs> who will apologize, who right. is who's sold. Yeah, he's sold out to Jesus. His, his he he doesn't he doesn't even uh, order his steps uh, about making you happy, he's he's more concerned with doing what is right according to Christ right. than than to what's going to make you happy. And, Temporarily, and, 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 and that's a thing that, like like Mandy says, that you can trust a guy like that. You can you can trust anybody who is going to say the truth to you, even if it makes you mad. Right.
1: Yep. And uh, and what they have a problem with is explaining like what a good guy does look like, like Tabby is saying. They characterize other bad guys who are not Christ-like, and then they try to lump that in with Jim Elliott as if he's guilty of the same thing. And it's like, like, for example, she says, the guy I dated before I started dating, Keith, was, quote, sold out for Jesus. He was older than me and was the one that everyone in the Christian group at our university emulated because he was so involved in outreach on multiple fronts. He led the prison ministry, and was preparing to self-fund a mission for a year around the world to serve with Mother Teresa. When he started dating me, he wouldn't let me tell anybody because I was younger and he didn't want it to get out. He told me he cared about me, but when he left for his around-the-world trip, he made me no promises. But how could I complain? After all, he loved Jesus so much. I started dating Keith when he was gone and learned what it was like to actually be someone's
2: priority. But giving you no promises is a courtesy. Right. Right. Like if he's not honest. Yeah. I'm not going to, I can't promise to marry you right now. Thank you for your honesty. Instead of saying, Oh yeah, I'm totally going to come back for you. We're going to get married only for him to come back and change his mind. That's a liar. Or at least somebody who isn't careful with their words right? or comes back married. (laughs) Right.
1: Well, and I kind of thought, I guess, I, I was reading that quote because I was waiting for her to say, and it turned out that he went to jail because so he abused she just, his wife, but right. she doesn't even say that. Right. So he but just it, feels But that's entitled? It. When, you
0: accuse, when, you, when you equate all people who are sold out for Jesus as these nefarious liars and fakes. But and
2: he it, wasn't. Her old boyfriend wasn't a liar. He just broke her heart. He said, I'm not, I'm right. not going to make you any promises, which I assume she felt entitled to. They'd been dating, and she thought that they were going to get married, right. which seems like a conversation that you should have. And then if they say... I don't think we should get married again. That was the first thing we set out. And I said to Joe, I you said, and your I'm,
0: toxic husband. I mean, my
2: toxic husband, mm-hmm. I said, I, my job right now is if I'm going to date people, cause we were young, we were 16. I said, my goal is to eventually get married. I said, I know that it's going to have to be a while from now. And so you'll have to be okay with waiting around, but like, I'm willing to date you until we're basically old enough to get married. And if at any point you think I can't marry this woman, we should break up. And again, he was like, okay, sounds great. <laughs> I don't think he knew how bad this bargain was. I, don't, I think he was dumb in 16. Somebody should have warned him. Yeah.
1: He's busting his knuckles on this triple-decker bunk bed. I know, what did I do? thinking
2: about 16-year-old him going, ugh, what have I done?
1: Yep. Well, the thing is, <clears throat> at, there's two sides to every story, as they say. And I would really, really, really like to have a conversation with Sheila's ex- boyfriend because i'm i'm willing to bet based on those details he's a pretty thoughtful guy and what a lot of what a lot of self-worshipping air quote christians don't like is somebody who's thoughtful enough to push back against their flesh like when when a guy says something like well i want to be honest i don't want to lie because i think that that lying would be wrong you know, I've got options. I've got I have got don't want to goals. lead you on. Well, I've got goals. I don't want
0: to make promises. She,
1: she thinks that's what leading on is, though. She thinks you're leading a person on if you don't immediately give them what they want. And oh. so, so if he were to say, well, I want to keep you open as an option because I don't know what God has for me. And maybe when I come back from XYZ ministry that that it will be right. a thing in the future. but But they don't like that because it doesn't immediately gratify what they want. And they don't seem to see that that's a red flag for them. Like, if you're a woman right. who's going to be blasting Jim Elliott and also A.W. Tozer, that's another thing Yeah, theology, she also took,
0: she took aim at, a. Took a shot Tozer at He had an objectively miserable his wife. His wife. He yeah. had a
1: bitter wife, a wife who was constantly um, on his case because she was, like, making him choose between God and her own her flesh.
0: And it must have been his fault. And it was horrible.
1: Hers. And so everybody knows it's pretty well documented that they did have a rough marriage. But the fact that Sheila wants to blame the man for that and saying if he would just stay home and stare into her eyes a little bit more and make her a, quote, priority, that that would have been fixed is just not true. That just would have transferred the, the misery that comes from being a slave to your flesh from the woman who's clearly enslaved to her flesh to both of them now they're both enslaved well, to somebody's she would have flesh.
0: felt she would have felt worse too she would
1: have, they would have both felt worse because what we have is idolatry going on and so it's a red flag for a young man when he's got a woman who's reading articles like this one run away go off and do a missions trip don't come back god is closing that door she would not make a good wife. Like, <laughs> I don't know how much clearer I, I could say it.
0: Well, it's, you really, said that it's,
2: it's really a- difficult because I went to a Christian college for a while and I remember thinking a little bit like, Hope is lost because here I was at this Christian school where we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be like this group of like-minded that so people. Tabby. So right? tabby, right? Well, it's that. it's exaggerating. I wasn't like every day in <laughs> abject misery. It's over. It's over. But I did have this thought where 15, I went, it's over. Where I went, what happened? I went off to this Christian school where, like. I knew you couldn't trust everybody just because we were at a Christian school. But the idea was that this should be the biggest pool of candidates for all of us that we're ever going to find. We're all about the same age. We should have roughly the same values. It's pretty much just toss a stone. Right. And you can pick one for the most part. Right. And they were awful at it. (laughs) So weird and so bad at it. And the biggest thing was that the guys were still kind of awkward and they were cowards. And the women were like, harpies they not just yeah a lot of them are harpies but a lot of them were also really strange in the sense that like the pressure that they were putting on themselves is probably because of these kind of articles but oh, they would yeah. be like they'd be like oh my gosh so and so just asked me out on a date I was like well that sounds very lovely where is where does he want to take you oh he just wants to like go out to dinner and maybe we'll go see a movie and I'm like well okay well do you want to go do you like him and they'd be like, "Well, I don't know." And I'd be like, "I thought I did, but he's probably toxic because Sheila, Gr- <laughs> Sheila Gregory <laughs> well, told me just, that if I like him, it's yes, probably he yes, hasn't promised me know, that we're going to get like, married." What if I <laughs> don't? What if I don't like him? And I was like, "Then that was the point of the date." It's, I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, I, I remember telling my roommate, "This is true." Direct quote: She was like, "I don't know if I want to go on this date with so and so." And I said, "Well, is he a jerk? Is he mean? Like, do his friends have respect for him? Like, you've seen him around." I said, "He seems like a nice enough guy." And she said, "Well, I don't know all that much about him." And I said, "Sounds like should you should date. go on a date yeah. and just talk yeah. and they like don't know how to have judge. a good time." And she goes, she goes, "Well, he wants to take me to dinner, and what if, what if I don't like him?" And I said, "It sounds like you got a free meal." <laughs> said, that sounds great. <laughs> Well, I was like, they, what's the big deal? Like you just tell him what you're looking a bad for
1: because because she doesn't even know what a good date would be. Like literally, she's like, "What if I go and I just don't like him?" But it turns out I have indigestion. I cannot tell the difference between a good guy and what? just my feelings. When I was
2: trying to even put that anxiety to bed for us, I was like, "It's one <laughs> date." I said, "If all you ever do is just giggle a little bit because he's slightly funny," I said okay, that's some progress. You can maybe set up another date and you can start talking a little bit more about your values and where you might want to go. They don't
1: have values. Well, listen, I don't know that.
0: You get a burger at the gas station. (laughs) You get a burger
2: at the gas station. You talk about whether or not you want to be in the mission field. Yeah, it was just, and they would panic before they would even go. And a lot of times they wouldn't. They would just be like, nope nope and i'm like okay right. but girls, girls i don't know do not know is.
1: what to look for anymore boys don't know what to look for anymore either because they're getting trash advice on the internet and what they're being told now the girls at least <laughs> they're like well you know he's a good guy when he makes you the center of his universe right. and that is not true it's that's, not
2: true when he, when he prioritizes
0: you, you at the very top then he is a great husband
2: yep this is not
0: bad bad advice this
2: is something i had to ask dad and weirdly like it was a long time i think i had been dating joe for almost, it was like right before we got engaged, I think. So it had been a long time. And I remember finally coming and asking you, because I was like, I'm feeling muddled. And I feel like I'm getting a lot of this advice that like, they're telling me that Joe isn't a good Christian guy. And I said, I've been dating him for a long time. And I feel like I'm judging his character pretty well. I said, but just how would you know if somebody's been tricking you this whole time or if somebody really is a Christian? And you said, well, does he have the fruits of the spirit? And I went, oh, well, yeah, and you said, oh, "Okay, then he's then he's probably genuine, and he'll make mistakes, and you'll make mistakes, but like, he's got love, joy, peace, patience. You know, he's got all the good stuff." Then,
1: right. he's, yeah, but do he's,
2: you forgive true. him when he makes mistakes? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's really. Oh wait, odd. wait, you wait just I'm toxic. Over so yes, those
0: mistakes with yes, we're Christ-like toxic, forgiveness. So.
1: Yeah, do you believe it's your job to yeah. allow for his sinfulness?
2: Only only seven times seventy-seven, though. That's... Why?
0: Why don't you understand? even this late in the game that your job is to perpetually nag and remind him of his (laughs) mistakes.
2: Oh, don't worry. I do some of that, too. (laughs) Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House.
1: If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also, email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.